When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. Standing by a parking meter. When I caught a glimpse of Rita. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, yet another Friday night, another dump by Elon Musk. And this is Twitter File 6, if you're keeping count. Uh, The latest one coming out just a few hours ago and basically reaffirming this very tight and cozy relationship between social media, especially Twitter, and the FBI and other law enforcement agencies. Uh, the journalist Matt Taibbi, who is the one who was putting out the reports tonight, courtesy of Elon Musk, describing the FBI's relationship with Twitter, get this, as having a master canine quality, a constant and pervasive contact between the Bureau and the social media giant, so much so that it shows that between January 2020, November 2022, get this, there were over 150 emails between the FBI and the head of Twitter. This was the guy who was head of trust and safety, this Yoel Roth guy, who clearly didn't like President Trump, didn't like conservatives, wanted to suppress, it looks like, the Hunter Biden story, that he was one of the people who it looks like was spearheading all of that. And boy, 150 emails in that time period clearly shows that it was a very, very cozy relationship. And I'm just waiting for somebody to say, maybe somebody from President Trump's team or President Trump himself, to say, wait a minute, maybe there's some legal action here, because clearly there was a concerted effort at the direction of the FBI and also some of the higher-ups there at Twitter, just to suppress President Trump, basically, because they didn't like him and they didn't like his policies. And now tonight, also, Trump is taking a whole bunch of other incoming. And tonight on the show, I want to get your take on this big development because the final hearing of the January 6th committee is going to take place this Monday. And it is going to be... Probably uh, a lot of headlines for starters, a lot of politics also for starters. This is the final basically submission. They are going to be doing a vote at that point whether they think charges should happen against President Trump. And at that point, they can't do the charges. What they have to do is basically vote and then forward on these referrals to the Department of Justice, which could happen as early as Wednesday. So if we're looking at the timetable, guys, and if you're looking at some of the new news that's just come out in the last few hours, 
there is a good chance that President Trump could be charged even as early as next week with some criminal charges. That is a stunning development, especially for somebody who was the former president of the United States, who is a current candidate right now, of course, for president of the United States. So what's your reaction? I think so much of this is politics. We're not hearing that they have like any new bombshells. I was watching the hearings with all of you. We covered so much of it. We were following so many of the different angles. And I don't think January 6th was President Trump's finest hour. I don't think it was a lot of people's finest hour, that's for sure. But, and I think he should have said, hey, everybody go home quicker. You know, I think he should have said, you know, there are a lot of things. But bad judgment is not why you file a criminal charge against somebody. You know, uh, not reacting quick enough is not necessarily, in this case, why you file a charge against somebody. And so tonight we're finding out that this January 6th House Select Committee is preparing to vote likely on three criminal charges against former President Trump. One of them is insurrection. The other one is obstruction of an official proceeding. And the other one is conspiracy to defraud the United States government. So what are your thoughts about all of this? To me, this is just so highly politically charged. To me, this is sort of a a desperate attempt in their wailing moments because they know that the House is going to go into GOP hands on January 3rd. They got to do something. They got to do something to justify all the tons of money that they have spent on these hearings. They've got to do something to justify the thoughts behind all of this and as to why all the rhetoric and all the inflammatory language and all the inflammatory actions. I mean, to me, this is just a desperate grasp to justify why they've basically held us in January 6th limbo for the last uh, year or two. I mean, everything is January 6th. January 6th, don't worry about economy. Don't worry about crime. Don't worry about that thing called the border. We're going to talk about that later on in the hour, the whole issue with Title 42 about to be lifted in a matter of days. Don't worry about any of those things. Everything that's wrong in the world is January 6th. And to me, they never have addressed the riots, as we've talked about in 2020. They never want to talk about, if you want to talk about destruction of property and, you know, uh, insurrection. And there's a lot of things I could think about. Those are the nicest things I could basically say about the rioters of the summer of 2020. So don't you think that this is all politics? And if you don't, I'm curious to hear from you too, because to me, this looks blatantly transparent that they're trying to justify why they've held up America for so long and why everything has been in such an enormous limbo. And also they know Right now, they don't have time. The clock is ticking. January 3rd is going to come quick. You've got, of course, Christmas holidays. Uh, I mean, so much is happening, as you can see. And this is just, you know, running out the clock, but trying to get it under the window. And even if I don't think that there's a a lot of evidence, this DOJ, boy, they are so political. This is the same DOJ that called parents domestic terrorists. This is the same DOJ uh, that, you know, didn't care necessarily about Kavanaugh. But when there was a problem against, uh, you know, a Democrat, remember the whole thing, Sonia Sotomayor, or nothing can happen against her. I don't think anything should happen against any of the justices. But they have clearly picked sides. They have clearly played politics. 
And you even see just the way Merrick Garland has handled this thing from the get-go. He has been like the biggest political, you know, windfall, I think, for President Biden. It's so obvious. So I don't put anything, you know, past them. People, there's a lot of people there are like, oh, you know, that's trumped up, you know, a verb, not the noun. But, you know, that's uh, inflated. That's this. That's that. I don't put anything past, first of all, this committee led by Liz Cheney, as we know, and led by Adam Kinzinger and Jamie Raskin and Benny Thompson and those people. Those people like can't uh, blow enough hot air fast enough. You got that. And they're in their wailing days because, remember, Liz Cheney got voted out by Wyoming. Adam Kinzinger got voted out. He did his final speech on the floor yesterday. So you got all these things. So they want to go out with a big old hurrah, and they need to have something to justify why they're there. And I don't doubt that DOJ, once they get this referral, I, I would be stunned if they don't do it, first of all, that it doesn't go to them. And I would be also equally stunned that DOJ doesn't say, oh, yeah, they would love to get Trump for jaywalking. They'd love to get them for, like, you know, spitting out gum on the sidewalk. If they could, they'd find a way. So they're going to try to definitely say, well, these people said it. It's a bipartisan committee. If there's anybody out there who really thinks that this is a fair committee, I will sell you a bridge in Brooklyn. Here is Jeffrey Robbins. He's the former assistant U.S. attorney. And he was on ABC News earlier today. And clearly he thinks Trump's in trouble. Take a listen. Well, you'd have to be living on Pluto, either literally or figuratively, not to acknowledge that there has been a mountain of evidence of criminal wrongdoing that's been amassed by this committee. I mean, we're talking not about a mountain. We're talking about the Himalayas. Uh, So the entire country has seen this. And by the way, it sort of defies the skeptics who months ago thought that really uh, maybe the committee had nothing new to provide. That's not the case. As Jonathan has said, there's no obligation on the part of the department to prosecute. Uh, On the other hand, it's pretty clear they are focusing pretty uh, uh, seriously on prosecuting him anyway. Yeah, and I agree with him on that. I don't agree with him that there's a Himalaya or a mountain worth, maybe like a little bubble, depending on where you're even looking at, even if that's even subjective. Give me a break. This is like far from the sense of reality. And you think about all the other things that have gone on and all the time. Oh, how dare he question an election? And again, now the new, of course, Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries, he questioned the election in 2016. That's the classic. Hillary Clinton did, too. Stacey Abrams. Finally, I I think she did concede on this recent go round, but she hasn't conceded the first time. Remember when she was running for governor? Give me a break. So you're in the middle of all this. And now it looks like it's full steam ahead. And you could bet if Trump didn't say he was going to run again, they'd be, you know, maybe they'd look at it, but it'd kind of like fall by the wayside. If they thought Trump was not going to be the face, you know, trying to be the face of the GOP. And I think he still is clearly the face and the front runner. And this is all just like, let's see what we can do to bring him down. And they also realize that even if it does go to DOJ, I think they'll press charges But this Jeffrey Robbins, who clearly is no friend to President Trump, he even says that it still will be tough to prove. And you know that Trump, if he gets charged with something, he's just going to come out and say, this is this partisan committee. This just backs up how partisan they are. And I'm going to fight this tooth and nail. I mean, he fought the two impeachments. As we know, we saw the end result. You know, he wasn't removed, obviously, on either count. 
You know, so you can bet on this one, he will go full throttle and say that this just shows that it is a witch hunt against him. Take a listen. This is Jeffrey Robbins saying, even admitting that it may be tough uh, to follow through on the charges if they file it. Take a listen. There's no question that they have uh, generated evidence that would support uh, a conviction beyond a reasonable doubt. On the other hand, let's remember, if the uh, special counsel does charge the former president, it's not going to be a layup. It's unprecedented to prosecute a former president, and the, the special counsel will be obliged to demonstrate, to prove to 12 jurors, all of them, unanimously, beyond a reasonable doubt that the former president is guilty. That is a tall order. Definitely is a tall, tall order. There's no question about it. And he's going to fight it tooth and nail. He's going to bring in lots of attorneys. And they're going to say, uh, if I were him, all I would do is, like, play Maxine Waters' comments over and over again. You know, you get in their face. You do this. You do that. I play also Nancy Pelosi saying they're protesting and they should keep on protesting in the summer of 2020. That was much more direct than anything Trump said. I mean, this really, to me, as a First Amendment issue, aside from however you feel about President Trump, good or bad, if you just look at it on the face of it, and if somebody said, here's the script, and what about Chuck Schumer? Remember Chuck Schumer's comments when he went after Gorsuch, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, you're going to feel it soon, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. All of those things, they are so much more inflammatory than anything President Trump said, and anything, quite frankly, that they've proven. I was sitting there watching the January 6th hearings. You know, I knew a lot of the details because obviously so much of it was out in the news. We've all been following it. But then I was watching the January 6th hearings. I watched every every inch of it. And I was sitting there saying, okay, maybe there's some bombshell. Maybe there's something we just don't know about or something. I haven't heard a bombshell yet. I haven't heard a single bombshell. All I saw, the biggest, most interesting thing was that Nancy Pelosi had a film crew filming her. You know, that was kind of interesting, and that looked orchestrated. So to me, the fact that Nancy Pelosi has not testified about Trump wanting, apparently, the National Guard, a number of other people have said that. She wasn't called. Muriel Bowser wasn't called. I would love to see the real January 6th hearings. We haven't heard them yet. That would be interesting. That would be brilliant. Maybe the January 6th, the new January 6th House-led by GOP committee We'll maybe have the, quote, real January 6th hearing. Boy, would that be interesting. And runner-up, first up, is Nancy Pelosi. Next up are the Capitol Hill police. What were you told, FBI? What did you know? What didn't you know? Uh, Certainly Muriel Bowser. You got to get her in there. I would call all these people who say they were in a room when Trump asked for the security because they claim he didn't do anything. And I find it hard to believe that six or seven people who have been on camera uh, are all lying. You know, so bring it on. Bring it on. That would be great. And in the meantime, you can bet that he will be fighting this tooth and nail in every different, different division. And by the way, he can bring some of those people in, too, to fight the charges. Maybe that's the way he brings it in, even if they don't do a whole new January 6th hearing. Here is Jeffrey Robbins talking a little bit about how tough this road will be if DOJ goes down this and goes after Trump. Well, that carries a lot of gravity. Uh, it, it is not, again, it's not a slam dunk. There's a tremendous amount of evidence, in my view, that he's guilty of it. Uh, but uh, the uh, prosecution would have to show that he aided and abetted, or he provided aid and comfort to an insurrection. Now, for most of us, uh, that bar has been exceeded 
by a uh, by a fair standard. But on the other hand, uh, the former president, if he's charged, will have the ability to say, look, all I did was give speeches. All I did was urge my supporters to demonstrate I shouldn't be prosecuted. I shouldn't be thrown in jail for that. And so while there is an enormous amount of evidence of guilt on all of these charges, one shouldn't forget that uh, the burden will be proving it beyond a reasonable doubt. And the former president won't be naked uh, when it comes to trying to put on a defense, though he will start in a hole. Does anyone want to see Trump naked? 1-800-848-9222. We'll take your calls when we come back. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Some great Christmas music here as we are in the holiday season. That is for sure, everybody. Well, President Trump, it sounds like he's going to get uh, kind of a Grinch, a couple Grinches, three Grinches, it sounds like, potentially three charges may be voted against him by this January 6th panel, and then the Department of Justice may actually decide to institute those charges and actually press the charges. They just make a referral, this committee, But will the DOJ actually accept these charges? Will they actually file them and then prosecute the former president of the United States for basically things tied to January 6th, saying that he caused this insurrection? He did this. He provoked harm. Well, what about these comments from Chuck Schumer? Take a listen to these. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Yeah, that's pretty threatening. I mean, that's a lot more threatening than anything you heard from President Trump peacefully, patriotically, and in fact, There was a report when he said American patriots at some point that that is code for, you know, people to insurrect. You know, I mean, uh, what about uh, hello? Is that code for something else? I mean, how many times people say, hi, you're an American patriot. He says that all the time. I mean, there are a lot of people who say that. And that's why that's how, like, desperate they're trying to find anything they can. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rick. Line six. Uh, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Rick. Hello, beautiful Rita. Hi, Rick. How are you? How I'm handsome, doing, Rick. Thank you. Oh, thank you. How are you feeling tonight? I'm doing better now that you've called in. So now I know we're off to a great Friday night. Yes. You know, I want you to know beautiful Rita means outside and inside. Thank I you. Know your heart is and how much you care about your listeners and the Tunnels to Towers Foundation. Honoring our heroes, you're a wonderful person. Oh, thank and Rick, thank you. It, by the way, uh, it was a home run, and and I appreciate you bringing up the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. We did a huge, huge radiothon, which you guys may have heard yesterday. I uh, missed a while. It, it was great, and to have these unbelievably courageous, you know, family members who talk about their losses, but also what it means to be an American and how grateful they are to this terrific organization. I tell everybody it is the best thing, best best way to celebrate the holiday, to appreciate them. But thank you, Rick. We love them and we appreciate 
our veterans. And uh, my favorite segment of the show every night is our back the blue and our support our heroes. Um, so go ahead, Rick. So do you know um, when Trump tugs on his right ear, he's saying hello to Carol Burnett's grandmother. <laughs> By the way, that I loved when they used to do that. I love when Carol Burnett did that, right? <laughs> oh, her mom. I'm sorry, her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, what do you make? Do you believe it's all uh, all uh, total like hogwash? But I still think they're going to do it, no matter what maybe you and I think. It's hogwash, but um, like you covered my talking points while I was on hold. It's really Nancy Pelosi's responsibility for security. And like you said, Trump suggested bringing in the National Guard, but she didn't want to listen. Well, and you know what's amazing, Rick? The fact that she has never even been asked that under oath. I mean, that to me is the most, um, I just, it's such a disservice to the American public. That to me is, is the biggest, biggest hole in all of this. Rick, thank you. You are awesome and have a great, great weekend. Uh, let's go to Phil, uh, line five. Phil, your thoughts. Yes. Good evening, Reed. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, three quick points, very quick points. First of all, there's an old saying, the wrapper is far more impressive than what's inside the box. Okay. So, in other words, this whole prolonged nightmare for the past year and a half, uh, it's absurd. Hey, hey, Phil, do me a favor. Will you stay on with us? We're going to go to a break. I have to go to a break, but stay with us. And if you don't mind, I'll pick you up on the other side because I want to hear the rest of your points. You always have so many insightful things. Um, Stay with us. Phil's going to continue. The rest of you stay with us. We're going to talk more about Trump looking like charges on uh, Monday, maybe, or Wednesday. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Virginia Beach, Virginia, a beautiful place. A senior citizen with dementia, thank goodness, is safe after he went missing, sparking a massive search party in the area. Police officers found the man in a 12-foot ditch that was filled with about a foot of water only a few feet away from a major highway, which is really scary. Uh, Sergeant Mark Miller with the Virginia Beach Police Department said it's likely the man would have succumbed to hypothermia if he was in the water any longer. And it all started when basically a 911 call came in after the 80-year-old man went missing from a nearby hospice facility. Uh, Sergeant Miller said that the aviation unit was already in the air when they heard about the situation. They immediately went above to look for the man, and they were able to find him pretty quickly and guided officers to the search. Thank goodness the man is okay. He's back home safely recovering and now wearing a tracking bracelet appropriately, which is a very, very smart move. And thank goodness for the great work of the men and women at the Virginia Beach Police Department. Well, the police certainly went through some very tough times in the summer of 2020. Who could forget the riots that ravaged our country? And when I think about people inciting those riots and especially never condemning those riots, and those riots were deadly. There were officers. Remember David Dorn, the guy who was the security guard in St. Louis? He was killed. A former cop who was sitting there, you know, trying to protect property. There were also other officers that were severely beaten, and the property damage was in the billions, and other individuals were seriously, seriously injured. Yet the Democratic Party did not condemn 
those riots. And Maxine Waters was front row and center. Who could forget some of the comments that she was making early on? Take a listen and remember this one. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Yeah, just get them off the face of the earth because they don't deserve to live. Yeah, just tell them they don't, they're not welcome anywhere. That's not insightful. Are you kidding me? And and listen to the tone of her. And that was her like on the little speaker. Remember, she had the little the portable speaker thing shouting to a riled up crowd. I mean, that to me was reprehensible. Why don't we send her the bill for all the damages? There's still businesses all over this country that haven't opened up since the riots. And then she made this comment, remember, uh, with the George Floyd verdict. Remember this one. I am very hopeful and I hope to get a verdict that they say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we, got, we cannot go away. And not just manslaughter, right? I mean... Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, no, no. This is this is guilty. For murder. I don't know whether it's in the first degree, but as far as I'm concerned, it's first degree. It's coming from what happens if we do not go... Get what you just told. What should the people do? What should protesters on the street do? I didn't hear you. What happens? What, what should protesters do? Well, we, we got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we mean business. We got to get more confrontational, and they got to be sure that they know we mean business. Uh, that sure sounds incredibly insightful. I don't remember her getting charged. You know, I don't remember Chuck Schumer getting charged when he was shouting at the Supreme Court. I mean, to me, these comments are so inflammatory and so disgusting. And if you want to start going after President Trump saying his comments were inflammatory, boy, is this a really slippery slope and a really dangerous one. And I will play those comments over and over again. Uh, let's go back to Phil, uh, who's been on hold again. Phil, thank you so much. You, you were starting the point. Go ahead. And I want to have you repeat because yeah. you always have great stuff, Phil. Yes, the point is that, Rita, the, the rapper, many, many people agree, and it's an old saying, the rapper is far more important and significant than the prize that's in the box. Okay, so if you get this pretty bow-tied, silvery-papered box, oh, boy, look at this, because you only imagine what's inside. Meanwhile, you open it up, and there's an old, an old apple core that somebody ate three years ago. This is what they're trying to do with Trump. They're trying to make this grand charisma about him, even though they have no evidence. It's a show. It's a complete, devastating performance designed not to get Trump, but to convince the public. They're doing this to the public to wear and tear, to make them drum dumb to the point where they said they might, if you repeat something enough times to, to a horse or a dog or a person, they're going to do it. They're going to do what you say, whether it's true or not. The whole thing is Trump is, is not the goal. Trump is just a part of it. The goal is to destroy any credibility in the public's mind, not to destroy Trump. And you make the amazing thing that I don't understand. There's two quick, amazing things I don't understand. Maxine Waters and Schumer actually provoke, truly, truly in fact, provoke the public. Maxine Waters' people who she provoked, 
attacked certain certain representatives of the House, certain senators and so on, Congress people. And with Schumer, someone tried to kidnap or kill one of these federal Supreme Court judges. Where is the evidence, if any, that Trump ever did anything even along close or even remotely along the lines of such conduct? No, I agree that the hypocrisy is so blatant and I see a two fill. And I think the fact that I also think, remember when Kavanaugh had the guy who showed up outside his house, like loaded for bear with the backpacks and all that stuff. Schumer didn't even say anything at that point. I mean, that was, you know, fast forward. That was recently, as you know, it was about a year ago. Didn't say anything. Maxine Waters didn't say anything. By the way, the DOJ didn't say anything. I mean, that's how that is how blatantly political and blatantly, I think, transparent these people are. And that's a dangerous slope for America to be on because we got to be equal justice. And especially if you're going after somebody who, whether it's a member of Congress or if it's the former president of the United States and current candidate for president of the United States, you better darn well have it be so transparent and so overly fair, uh, not like playing favorites and not clearly playing politics. I mean, to me, this is such a this is a, a question of fairness and, and ethics for our country. I mean, this goes well beyond however people feel like or don't like Trump. You know, you have to have equal standards and you can't suddenly like create these new standards if somebody else says something. And that's clearly what we saw in the Twitter dumps, too. I mean, that's the other thing, too, Phil. In the Twitter dumps, most of this stuff clearly was like all like, oh, well, I don't really like Trump. It wasn't like this one moment. I don't really like this. Let's find a way to kind of go around our system. Let's work with the FBI. Let's create something. That's not America. You know, that's what you do in China. Uh, you know, that's what you do in these, you know, countries with dictatorships. That's not what you do in America. Phil, thank you very much. Let's go to Teddy. Line eight. Ted, your thoughts about all this. Uh, good evening, Rita. Thanks for giving me time. I know you have your regular callers, and I understand the reason why, but that's okay. No, actually, actually, I love everybody, and I'm happy to see you call in, Ted. I hope you're having a great Friday. Yeah, I am. Uh, let me just make my points. Give me a chance to make my points, and then you respond. I know it's your show, but just let me make my points. Uh, by the uh, way, Ted, I'm glad you realize it's my show. You know, yeah, It could yeah, be the Rita okay. and Teddy show, but go ahead. Yeah. R- Rita, as far as I'm concerned, Donald Trump is an accessory to a conspiracy to cause the January 6th uprising. And if you notice, Rita, let me speak. If you notice. I wasn't the- interrupting you, Ted, but now my, I might. But go ahead. Okay, the people, the family members of the people that were involved, especially the people that got hurt or killed, when they went into Congress, they refused to acknowledge the Republicans, McConnell and McCarthy. And when they stuck out their hands, they refused to acknowledge it. And the mother said, I know what we did, and we did that deliberately. So, Rita, there's a reason for everything in life, okay? We make choices in life. Trump decided not to get involved. He even said, when he said about uh, Vice President Pence, what do you think, was he in danger? He said, well, you know, he he kind of caused it, you know what I mean? And that's what he was responding. So, Rita, you don't contend, you don't condemn that, Rita. He's, and then what you do is, like the kids that I taught in high school, you say, well, why are you picking on me? Why don't you pick on Jimmy? Well, Rita, you always bring up about the summer riots, and I condemn them, Rita, but we're talking about apples and oranges. Actually, we're, actually, we actually, we're not, Teddy. I did let you speak, so let me reply to you here. 
Um, actually, we're not talking about apples and oranges. And by the way, I, you know, I actually I will agree, agree with you. What happened in the riots of 2020 were much more devastating and much more violent. Um, there were some very serious. There were people who were killed. Um, there was incredible destruction and damage. It was across the country. Um, it was to people's businesses, cops. Uh, there were a lot of a lot of serious, serious things that happened. I said, Teddy, that I didn't like what happened on January 6th. When I saw it happen, I don't like anybody going into our Capitol. I didn't like any of the things. I didn't like the people that were arguing and fighting with the cops and pushing the cops. That that to me was reprehensible. Anybody who did that should be appropriately charged or if they trespassed appropriately charged. But there are also video where you see cops basically saying, come on in. What about that? What about the chamber where you say they, they're like, hey, come on in, have a seat. Oh, is it okay, sir, if I sit here? Yeah, just if you could do it kind of quickly. You know, oh, okay, sure. I mean, that person sure, that's, how do you compare that behavior? And uh, these are the January 6th defendant types. There's some of them versus the, you know, uh, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry, fry them like bacon and beating cops over the head with chairs and bricks. I mean, that to me, it's reprehensible. And the fact that the Democrats, and I'm not saying you, Ted, but the Democrats give that period a big gloss over and they were encouraging it. We had the vice president, the sitting vice president of the United States paying into the Minnesota Freedom Fund, bailing out those despicable protesters who many of them to this day have never been held accountable. And they never were condemned by the highest levels of our government. That, to me, is shameful. And yet, all they can talk about is January 6th. They won't even admit there was anything that happened. I mean, we got that, like, farcical moment, you know, where the reporter's standing there in MSNBC saying, the protests are peaceful, and it looks like Cambodia. It looks like, you know, Vietnam behind them. You know? It's like, are you kidding me? You know? I mean, it's like, uh, you know, uh, the height of uh, Afghanistan war right behind them. Oh, but things are peaceful and beautiful today. We'll tiptoe through the tulips. Teddy, the hypocrisy is disgusting. And you have to be honest that the Democrats are solely looking at things with one tiny glass and not condemning that. And that is shameful, Ted. We have to be, if we're a country, we have to be a country of equality and rules. Go ahead, Ted. Rule for compromise in, the, in your philosophy in politics. Is there a rule for compromise? Yeah, but there's also a rule for reasonableness. And so far, I haven't seen it, Ted. And that to me is, I like equality. And if you're going to, I just played the comments, Ted, from Schumer and Maxine Waters. Those things were absolutely insightful. Yeah, based on, based, but Ted, Ted. He was in Congress, he said, let's go kick some ass. Ted, based on your standard, Schumer and Maxine Waters would be like basically get the death penalty. I mean, based on your standard, because what they said was absolutely insightful too. And yet, that's that's a very slippery slope to say that person's word was, you know, was t- taken this way. And this one said this. If you listen to the words and the rhetoric, you would surely, you know, throw, a, you know, lock Schumer and Maxine Waters away and throw away the key. I mean, the, the standards have to be fair, Ted. You can't do unequal justice. I appreciate your calls, though, Ted. And I did give you time. And you're always welcome to to come on as my co-host, Ted. Thank you very much. Let's go to let's go to Tom, uh, line five. Go ahead, Tom. Yes, how you doing? Good. What do you think? You just heard from uh, Ted, who thinks uh, yeah. you know and that uh, orange man bad, Democrats good. Yeah. Go ahead. I know. But I've seen both. Uh, I've seen both the impeachment hearings, 
And uh, it was just nothing but propaganda, creative editing, you know, and the same thing with the January 6th hearings. So, you know, if they want to charge him, the DOJ, let them do it because for Trump, there's nothing like winning. Ah, so you think you think it'll help Trump? Is that what you think, Tom? That well, he's got they got no case. Just every time they got the, the, in the two impeachment hearings, all they did is read off a script, the same script they were reading in, you know, when they impeached him in, um, you know, in Congress. It was the same. You know, it was it was just uh, tough to watch because it's just they're trying to brainwash. When I'm watching that and they're repeating that over and over again, what they're trying to do is brainwash me, and I'm not. I'm not that kind of person, but there's a lot of people who are brainwashed because they're regurgitated on Facebook and and all that other stuff. They can't really think for themselves. But I've seen in the January 6th hearings, what are they going to do for evidence? It's all propaganda. There's like no foundation. It's just all we hate them, and uh, this is what we dreamed up. Uh, this is what we edited. We edited him anything that, uh, you know, was... Uh, you know, um, you know, for you know him, you know, and uh, that's how that's what they did in the Senate. What the Republicans did is they actually showed the real footage compared to the edited footage, and it's just really disturbing. You know that um, you know how they cheat. Really, that's really and and in, and in a court and and it's you know it's just such an important you know place to be, and these people treat it like it's. Uh, you know, like it's uh, – they have no respect for the system. They just want to use it, you know, uh, for themselves. And I think uh, with uh, that he should sue. I think Trump should sue. You know what? You know what? I actually think he may have an interesting case, especially against, like, social media. I mean, I really do. With, with the evidence that Elon Musk brought out under the old Twitter regime pre-Elon Musk, there was clearly a concerted effort even though there were warning flags and everything, and they clearly went against their policy because they simply didn't like Trump. Um, there could be some interesting case as to the effect, A, that that hurt Trump and the fact that they suppressed the Hunter Biden intentionally. Um, I can't wait till like some of those hearings start in the House because, boy, uh, the minute they start getting into some of those like bank records of Hunter, finding out where the, some of the money went and also some of the questions of who told you what and when, that's going to be really must-see TV. I'm going to pull out the popcorn for that one. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue with your calls, everybody. You are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. Well, things are definitely going to be frosty on Monday when the January 6th committee casts its vote on whether to refer criminal charges against President Trump. Much more serious than anything tied to impeachment. These are potentially criminal charges. And here is what Neil Katyal, he is a Georgetown law professor, said on MSNBC, Trump's probably least favorite network. 
in criminal law, there's a concept called mens rea. It's not just enough that your fingerprints are on the dirty deeds. It's also got to be that you specifically intended them. And so that is always, it's always the biggest problem in any prosecution, not just these ones, but, you know, getting into someone's mind, particularly when they can assert the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination, which Trump loves, it's his favorite amendment, you know, that makes a prosecution hard. So that's where you're trying to get, these investigations are trying to get at is, did Trump legitimately think that he won the election? And this was all just a way in which a normal winner would behave, or did he do something untoward? And the evidence is sure looking like it's the latter. But it's interesting. Neil Katyal brings up the whole issue of intent. And if you listen to President Trump, he still believes that the election was stolen from him. He still maintains that. He says it publicly and he says it privately. So if he still maintains and he had a genuine reason as opposed to creating a reason, that actually could help in his defense that he was acting with a genuine intent to preserve the democracy and protect democracy and all these other things. So it's an interesting point. And he also brings up that he could even take the fifth. I don't think he would participate in any sort of criminal trial or anything like that. I think he'll, he will bring in with attorneys, but I can't see him going in and testifying. Although um, maybe his defense team can call a whole bunch of really interesting witnesses on the other side. Maybe we'll finally get the other side of the story. That is maybe the way it all gets laid out there. This could really be interesting stuff. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sergio, line six. Sergio, your thoughts about where this is headed. Hey, Sergio, are you there? Sergio, call us back. We don't hear you, but call us back. Give us that. Let's go to Norm on line five. Go ahead, Norm. Oh, Rita, hold on. Let me quickly take you off of speak. Yes, Rita, I, I don't think they'll find anything that will lead to a conviction. Uh, I mean, they hate him, so they'll probably recommend it, but I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Um, now, and when you, I, wait, I no, just, Norm, when you think it's not going to go anywhere, what what do you mean? I think I think it'll go to – I think they'll do it. I think they'll go to GOJ. My gut tells me he'll, mm-hmm. the DOJ is going to go for it because they're so political, don't you think? Okay, so you, well, you, so you think that uh, they're going to put handcuffs on Trump and drag him and take him out. I don't I don't. No, think so. oh, no, no, I don't say that. I say in terms of charges actually being filed. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think that they would, I, as you heard, I think if he, like, spit out gum on the sidewalk, they'd okay. arrest him for, you know, illegal spitting. You know, I think okay. they just hate him you know, so I, much I, they're I, so I desperate. And I'm not saying it's right. I, I, yeah. I also to answer a previous caller, uh, uh, no one, do, no one was killed at the Capitol. The only person that was killed at the Capitol was Ashley Babbitt by a Capital City cop. Okay, somebody apparently had a, a stroke or a heart attack days after and died, but that no one was killed. And the family's reaction, well, you know, families have reactions. They draw inferences. They, you know, I mean, uh, with with the media screaming. That with the media screaming that, uh, you know, all these people were killed at the Capitol, it doesn't surprise me that the family would, would be influenced by that. I mean, and I by the know, way, maybe... and by the way, families are obviously deeply emotional. They lost loved right. ones under different circumstances. Right. You always, you know, I never want right. to judge families, but, but let's go, let's oh. stay focused on the charges, Norm. Sure. You got it. What do you think? Um, do you think that they will indeed make a referral for three charges, including uh, this insurrection is one of them mm-hmm. and the other charges, obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy 
and right. then make a referral to DOJ. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing that they would actually consider doing it on the evidence that at least I've seen so far. Maybe maybe yeah. they're looking at a different trial than I am. OK, no one told me to riot. I didn't riot. When I went there and I was listening to him on That's January right, because you were there January 6th. That's was, right. I was there, yes. Uh, so I was standing there uh, with several of other callers. Um, um, I No one told me to riot. I was not there to riot. And, uh, you know, the probably, you know, 999,999 people that were there were not there to riot. Absolutely. By the way, and, and they are inflating it. And they are turning a blind eye to the comments they did in the summer of 2020. We'll continue. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And Trumper was equating himself basically to a superhero. Uh, and a lot of people said, boy, what is he going to be announcing? This was last week, a couple days ago. Remember, everybody was going in. We took calls here on the show because he made it sound like it was some big, big announcement. Uh, I didn't think some people said, is he dropping out? I was like, no, no, he's definitely not dropping out. There's no question about it. I still think there's a very, very strong chance he'll be the nominee and beyond. Um, and yet, People are like, okay, is he going to run for House Speaker? What is he doing? What What's the announcement? Is he announcing a running mate? And it turned out to be a little bit of a bust. But here is the lead-up. Here's the Superman lead-up. It was definitely a great marketing tool. Take a listen. America needs a superhero. And I thought, okay, what is he doing? Is he going to reveal something on Biden, on Merrick Garland? Boy, the list could go on and on and on. Here are the uh, bank accounts for uh, Hunter Biden and the shell companies and everything else. Where does this go? There's a whole bunch of potential things that could potentially be out there. And then the next day, remember, this was the unveiling of the superhero announcement. It was... Um, marketing digital combo. Take a listen. Hello, everyone. This is Donald Trump. Hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump digital cards, just like a baseball card or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or golf with you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. My official Trump digital trading cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community, and I think it's something you're going to like, and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to collecttrumpcards.com 
and buy your Trump digital trading cards right now before they are all gone, and they will be gone. This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection, and you get a chance to meet me. Go to collecttrumpcards.com right now, and remember, Christmas is coming, and this makes a great Christmas gift. So maybe he's your favorite president. Maybe you like him more than Lincoln, Washington. Maybe all the presidents combined, right, according to him. But it was interesting. So people were like, even a lot of people in the GOP were saying, ah, you know what, maybe that wasn't the smartest move. We had Jenna Ellis, former Trump attorney, who was on the show. And she said, you know what, um, his announcement about going after those who are stifling free speech and holding those who are censoring others, that's an announcement. That was interesting. I don't even know if it still led up to the buildup of this. But the fact that this came out first, it really, a lot of people were like, wait, that's the big announcement, you know? Well, he is laughing all the way to the bank. You know, I was saying, look, art of the deal. People are like, who's going to buy this? Who's going to do that? Who's going to? I was like, people will buy it. People love him. And it's actually an interesting thing. One of you guys who called in, I remember when you called in, you said he's testing the waters. I thought that was a really interesting point. He's seeing where his base is. Is it still, even despite some of the crazy headlines, and we're going to really definitely see more next week with what looks like likely a criminal referral to the DOJ by the very partisan January 6th committee. But some of you were saying maybe he's testing the waters to sort of get a gauge of his base and to see how loyal and how excited they still are of him. And is he still, you know, hot as ever? Well, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. In less than 24 hours, he had 44,000 of these, quote, digital trading cards. And you heard the amount, $99. They basically brought in $4 bucks, and it was done in less than 24 hours. And it was one of the fastest selling ever of these digital trading cards ever in history. So that's a pretty impressive following. And if anything... Maybe he is, again, the master of the art of the deal. Well, here is Neil Katyal, Georgetown law professor, again on his favorite network, MSNBC, saying Trump shouldn't be focused on trading cards. He should be focused on something else. So I think you're right about these pieces of an iceberg. And if I'm Donald Trump right now looking at these different pieces, I would spend a lot less time spending my, a lot less time like selling tacky overpriced action cards and a lot more time thinking about, hey, I'm facing some criminal charges here. Although maybe he's, you know, crazy like a fox, smart like a fox. Look at it. I mean, he clearly knew what he was doing. He won the presidency in 2016. We know it. Uh, we saw a lot of people were discounting him when he was going down that escalator, you know, and you could tell he was in it. I, I remember talking to him and he was like asking me all these different questions. We were talking about Iraq and talking about politics and a whole bunch of stuff. He certainly knew his current events. He certainly was interested and he certainly is a master marketer, too. And this just confirms it in the middle of all this where it looks like criminal charges are about to potentially come against him as early as next week. He is still going full steam ahead and saying, you know what, uh, maybe we'll raise some money. Maybe he needs the money now because he's going to have to hire a whole bunch of attorneys based on what may be coming next week, more than he already has. Because he's dealing with what's going on in Mar-a-Lago. He's dealing with, you know, Letitia James in New York. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on here. 
Maybe he needs a whole bunch more of NFTs, <laughs> these digital trading cards. So maybe this was absolutely brilliant for many reasons. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eric, line five. Eric, your thoughts about all this. Hey, Rita. Remember that old chestnut, no man by his enemies? Yes. And look at these people. They're a bunch of pathological, lying, hypocritical degenerates. They've got nothing. I mean, they've got nothing. People, it's only going to help them, if anything, I think. People yeah. understand how... You think it'll let him bolden him. You think it'll help him. And, and it'll piss people off, his base especially, you know. Um, what's, is Nancy Pelosi going to please the fifth? Because she's going to be up there on stand. He's going to call her to stand. And all these these uh, just creeps, they're all, you know, they're all just, it's a rogues gallery of, of hateful, uh, hateful people, you know. And they're afraid of him. It shows how much they fear him, too. That's the other thing, you know, so. Yeah, it, it absolutely it, it, does. It, it, That's why it, I said, it, Eric, Eric, you know if I mean? he wasn't, if he wasn't running, uh, right now, and if he wasn't still a threat, they would be like, you know what, um, we really do think yes. it looks bad, but we've got other things to do. Exactly. But, yes. you know, it's so transparent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Eric, thank you. You're great. Let's go to Stan. Line one. Stan, your thoughts about this. The art of the schlemiel, the art of the steel. That's what it was. People like Norm and Phil must have bought that garbage. What a bunch of suckers. You thought he was going to announce the most important thing for the country. It's all about him. Actually, it's never actually, about anybody else. Actually, Stan, I didn't think he was going to announce most. I thought he would announce something interesting. I didn't think. talked about a vice president, possibly. He didn't even come close. Yeah, I didn't. Should... By the way, I didn't think that. I actually thought, remember, I threw this out. Um, I did think it was going to be much more, you know, uh, substantive. Serious. But, but, but I thought. It could be something tied to maybe him filing suit or doing something interesting like that, because I think there are a lot of people mulling that maybe he has a case in terms of what happened with Twitter. Um, but but listen, Stan, he pulled in four million dollars. So he still has an enormously popular fan base. I mean, that that's an amazing record uh, that is jaw dropping to a lot of people on a new terrain like this. It's the first time he's done a digital trading card and within 24 hours it sold out so you know i mean you know trump uh, you can blast trump stan but you know uh he's laughing all the way to the bank go ahead suckers are born every minute and trump people are all of them he should have been on home shopping not making the announcement with a stony a stupid uh superman thing i mean the guy is a joke basically about one thing well let me let no, me ask you about that no hang on hang on let me, wait, wait, wait. This is not like a bash the other caller thing. But let me just ask you here. Um, what do you think of this January 6th? The fact that it looks like they're going to do a criminal referral, this this committee. I mean, you stand. You got to admit, boy, what a bunch of politicians, slick willy politicians. Go ahead. And you let me tell you something. They're going to make the referral one. The referrals will be about Trump. Giuliani and the uh, assistant to uh, Trump. What was his name? I forgot that guy in the office, that guy who – I forgot. What's his name, the other guy? Who are you talking about, Mark Meadows? Is yeah, that who you're yeah. talking about? Those three. The, right. Those three. Now, not just that. It'll, they make the referrals. That's one. Two, it'll be the attorney general to decide if they got enough. But we still have not heard the case in Georgia, and that, including all that, will be enough to hang this guy and the rest of them. There will be charges brought of – Possible insurrection one, and possible to overthrow the election. And the vice. And by the it, way, wait, in, wait, hang on. Insurrection yeah. one. You sound like you're doing like a movie. You know, like well, a, there may be. What is that like? Uh, like a Skyfall one, Skyfall two. Go Who ahead. Knows? But the point <laughs> is, 
there will be – they'll make the referrals. The key point is insurrection one, the possibility of overthrowing an election, that is serious. And by the way, there are precedent for a president testifying. President Clinton did testify in a case against a woman had to testify where the uh, attorney, uh, district attorney – Questioned him under oath. I got the tape of him. No, I remember. And by the way, Stan, I covered all that. It wasn't like he was so happy to come and testify. He was Uh, forced. He has to testify. And Donald Trump will be forced to testify. If he doesn't, yeah, he can take the fifth. But there's enough to hang him now. So we'll see what happens. Oh, Stan, Stan, I highly disagree. The one thing, I, I agree with you that I think it's coming. Um, You know, I'm always straightforward. And I think that it is coming. Whether it's warranted is far from the case. And this to me is so partisan. And this, you make it sound like Merrick Garland is some like independent body who's acted on his own. This guy is like one big political machine. And to me, he's an embarrassment as a Department of Justice head, as the attorney general. It is shameful. I mean, he has been the most partisan attorney general I have ever, ever seen. And, and I just think he's going to continue it and we're going to see it tenfold next week. That will be a, that will be a partisan uh, uh, behind kisser attorney general uh, part one <laughs> in your movie theory. All right. So anyway, Stan, I love you. I disagree, but I'm sure we're going to be talking next week. Thank you very much, Stan. Have a great weekend. And everybody will continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Never know how much I love you Never know how much I care When you put your arms around me I get a fever that's so hard to bear You give me fever You know, I'm not sure if I should dedicate this to Stan or Ted I'm really torn tonight Because they both deserve this In the morning A fever all through the night Definitely give us fever, that's for sure. I'm not sure if it's 101 or 103, but one of them. But anyway, we are talking also, by the way, coming up later on here on the Rita Cosby Show, we're going to talk about the situation at the border because it is a dire, dire crisis. And remember when President Trump was in office, he started the wall. The numbers were much, much lower. People were afraid to come to the country because they know that they would get vetted and checked, which every other country basically does, except for America, essentially. No, for some reason, under this president, we are wide open. We've basically lost our sovereignty. Things are so bad, and especially with Title 42 about to be lifted uh, next week. We're talking a matter of days. Some people are projecting as many as 18,000 18,000 migrants a day could be crossing into the United States. Of course, you can't bet them. You can't check them. The numbers are still right now even overwhelming, and they're expecting those numbers. That's basically two or potentially three times the amount we're getting now. That is a stunning, stunning amount. And uh, the Biden administration so far does not have a plan. They don't care. It seems like they just want this open border. And listen to Claudia Rodriguez. She is a city council member there in El Paso, Texas, where right now the border situation is so bad. Those in the shelter and those who are in other facilities, some of these, you know, governmental groups, 
their locations are overrun. They have no place for them. They just, they're flowing so bad. They're literally putting them out on the streets of El Paso. They're driving them to bus stations, to fields, wherever, because they just don't have beds for them. There are so many crossings. And right now, this is before Title 41. Listen to this city council member there on the front lines in El Paso. Title 42 is set to expire on December 21st. I don't believe we're prepared for it. I have called on the mayor numerous times. I'm now calling on the county judge to both step up and declare a disaster declaration because this is unsustainable. This is not safe for the community of El Paso. This is not safe for the migrants. And it is of utmost importance urgency that we have this emergency declared and that we have all the resources necessary to be able to handle this influx of migrants. And Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton says that we are really on a very dangerous slope because of Biden's policies. Look, the Biden administration, I, from what I can tell, nothing is protecting us. They're, they're encouraging the cartels to bring as many people as fast as possible. And they've, they've knocked down all the laws. They've, you know, basically put them to the side, the ones that Trump was enforcing, whether it's Remain in Mexico, Title 42, Catch and Release, Building a Wall, they've discarded all of that. And now the consequences are going to come, not just with higher crime, but higher risk of terrorism. And at some point, it's it's not unlikely that we're going to have an impact as it relates to terrorists coming across our board. It's too easy to get across, and we're encouraging it. And it's going to get a lot worse in literally a matter of days. We are on really a dangerous path. We're going to talk about that later on in the hour. So bad, by the way, that some Democratic mayors, including Eric Adams, are saying, we need more money. That's basically what the Biden administration is saying. We need more money. But they're not saying they need money for enforcement. They need money basically for processing so they can find more places for them to come in. I mean, should we be giving any more money? I say if you're going to give money triple the amount of enforcement, and remain in Mexico. Do some policies that really are effective and at least vetting. Don't give up the sovereignty of a nation. To me, it is stunning what has happened in the last two years, and it's frightening, downright frightening, and could be catastrophic what could be coming in just a matter of days. What are your thoughts on that? 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And in the middle of all this, the Democrats aren't talking about the border. Nope, they're not talking about that. They're not talking about the economy. They're not talking about crime. They're talking, of course, about the only topic they care about, going after President Trump in January 6th. I mean, it seems so. You're, we're looking at these images. It's like a whole village is coming through the border every single day. And they care about what happened and what President Trump said or verbiage he said or didn't say on January 6th. I mean, it's what is going on? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Victoria in Vermont on line six. Victoria, your thoughts. Oh, hi, Rita. Uh, I want to talk about the January 6th committee. It was a Stalinist show trial. It was a prosecution without a defense. And I have no doubt they're going to make criminal referrals and that Merrick Garland will charge Trump. And I have no doubt that a jury will find him guilty in, because it will be in a city where 96 percent of the people vote Democrat. Yeah, Washington, D.C. Yeah, there's no chance of him getting any justice. And I'm thinking back to the book 1984, where uh, it didn't just the, – the society they had didn't just depend on a dictator. It depended on the masses being whipped up into hysteria. And whenever the whenever Big Brother wanted 
to manipulate the masses. He would just flash a picture of Goldstein on the telescreen, and the people would go wild with hatred. And I think that Trump is actually Goldstein because the the people are being manipulated into hating him. And I, I have never, in all the years I've studied politics, I have never seen such hatred for a human being as I do with Trump's enemies toward him. They, it, this is collective insanity and mass hysteria. I can hear it in their voices. I can see it in their faces. And therefore, I, I don't have any sense of him getting any kind of justice from these proceedings. Yeah. And, and by the way, I agree with you that they're going to go full steam ahead. And you heard I was even playing some of the comments that like Schumer made and Maxine Waters made. And boy, uh, those are inflammatory. And, and by those standards, you know, then they should be, you know, they should be, uh, you know, have uh, 30 charges against them, not just one, you know, or two or three. That's it's this imbalance of justice. And it's this vilification just because you don't like somebody um, and because they're a threat to you and they're a threat to your uh, establishment. Uh, that's really disgusting. And if it was equal justice, um, I still wouldn't agree with it, Victoria, but because I don't think the words can be as inflammatory as people are assuming. But I think at least you could say, well, it's fair. It's spread across the board. In this case, it's only Trump. It's only Trump. It's only Trump's comments. And what they said was by far worse. So they're a bunch of hypocrites. We're going to continue with your calls after the break and also talk about the border and more about your thoughts on Trump. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, and of course you all know how much we love and appreciate our first responders. Well, a very, very sad story coming from New York City where a firefighter and married father of two who was hurt in a training accident at his firehouse earlier this week uh, is not going to survive his injuries and his family has opted to donate his organs. William Moon, who is a 21-year FDNY veteran, fell about 20 feet while preparing for a drill at his Sterling Place Firehouse in Brooklyn shortly before noon on Monday. He suffered a serious head injury, and he was taken to a hospital in critical condition. But Mayor Eric Adams and FDNY Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh said it became clear he would not make it. His family decided to donate his organ to save the lives of others. Moon was 47 years old. The Islip Long Island resident is survived by his wife, and also two children. And, of course, tonight, our thoughts and prayers are with all the great men and women of the FDNY. They do such incredible work, and it is always so dangerous when they're out on calls and also during training exercises as well. And, uh, of course, our thoughts and prayers so, so much with William Moon and his family and especially his two kids tonight. Um, very, very heartbreaking. You know, we love our firefighters. They do so much um, and our first responders need to be appreciated and respected because their jobs are so tough. I love doing uh, Support Our Heroes every night, and it always saddens me to hear this kind of a news as well. We'll keep you posted on the situation, too, and any updates, too, as well. 1-800-848-9222. one 
two, two. Well, we are talking about President Trump and the fact that he is likely going to face criminal charges next week. There are reports that the January 6th partisan committee is going to make a referral for three criminal charges, which are really serious um, when it's criminal charges. These are not things that lead to impeachment and these other things. These are criminal charges uh, that could potentially lead to even jail time. I mean, serious stuff that could go to then the Department of Justice. And even though Stan, who called earlier, who thinks that uh, Merrick Garland is like Mr. Impartiality, that guy is a big political machine. And I think he'd love to get Trump on anything. And so I think we're in a really dangerous and very, very slippery slope. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eddie on line eight. Eddie, your thoughts about all this. Uh, All this is tied, of course, to January 6th. Go ahead. Hey, Ed, are you there? Ed, call us back. Let's go to Mike on line seven. Mike, your thoughts. I don't read it. Yeah, you know, with, with the cards and all of that, that's my first point. Uh, he's just showing them that they're not getting to him. He's he's involving everybody like they're his family, and he's just showing them he's cool, still cool, calm, and collective. And also, my second point is, uh, you remember when Charlton Heston parted the waters for his people to go through the uh, through the uh, was that the uh, the Nile? I don't know what sea it was. Yeah, the Red Sea. But, uh, the parting of the yeah, Red, the Red sea. sea. Yep, sure. Yeah, and now the historical, uh, you know, archaeologists found the chariots of the Egyptians. So, in other words, God's not going to let His people go halfway and drop the water on them. You know, He's going to carry Trump right through, and He's going to crash the waters like. They, they just found the chariots, the remnants of those chariots still under the, the Red Sea. They're there for for all those that don't believe. And and Trump is going to be carried all the way. God's not going to abandon him. And uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Wow. And, uh, very powerful. Mike, uh, you know what? I agree. I think he's going to just stay the course. He's not going to let anything deter him. And I think he's going to say, look, this just shows that they're out to get me. And when they're out to get me, they're out to get you, you know, because they're out to get all 74 million of you that voted for me. And he's going to, you know, he's going to turn it around and say, look at the hypocrisy in so many ways. And he, and boy, they are a bunch of hypocrites. Mike, thanks so much. Let's go to Andrew, line four. Andrew, your thoughts. Hey, what's up, Rita? Just want to say uh, the mistake Teddy was making was that he was personally, Teddy was calling out the Antifa riots, Black Lives Matter on the Democrat side, but his party, like you were saying, his party didn't call it out, and they had their their um, rally or their convention, I mean, and they never mentioned it. And another difference, um, Kamala Harris was actually encouraging protesting, not rioting, but then she was paying and organizing, raising funds to get the people, you know, bail and get them out of prison. So there's a big, huge difference absolutely and by by the way also and and andrew yeah go ahead real quick because there is a big difference trump should counter sue because they you know you know what a jump cut is not only did they cut out peacefully and patriotically but they cut to a cell phone camera plus they wouldn't let those police officers testify that cheney and that lady was saying oh he he tried to choke them and they were like wait a minute that didn't happen we want to testify under oath and adam schiff lied 
just like the professors. Adam Schiff every day was on CNN. But when he was in front of the Congress with his hand up, he said, nope, there's no evidence of Russian collusion. So this professor is the same. He's just lying like Adam Schiff. Yeah, and that's why that's why you give him that's why you give him the name Shifty Schiff. But no, I hear you, Andrew. I actually think that's an interesting point. He may have evidence to counter Sue. And also, by the way, be careful what you wish for because they could say, "Okay, we're going to go to trial." And he's going to say, "Okay, here are my witnesses." You know, Nancy Pelosi, uh, maybe Adam Schiff's the next one on the list. You know, I'd love to see them under oath. Uh, hey, did you, were you asked, did you know it was Russian collusion and a big setup, but then you went out and lied to the American public? That's my question, Adam Schiff. Did you know, Nancy Pelosi, uh, that President Trump had wanted 20,000, you know, security people ahead of time? Does that sound like someone who was worried, who wanted the, the you know, the Capitol to be overrun? Uh, did you turn it down? Who'd you talk to? You know, I mean, there are a lot of good questions. Boy, that would be like a lawyer's paradise in many ways. So, uh, that's an interesting point. He could actually counter Sue. Let's go to Mike in New Jersey. Line three. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Rita. I think everybody's missing the main point here. Let me tell you why. The Democrats are in a no-win situation because, let's say, Trump gets convicted. He becomes a felon. By the laws of the Constitution, he cannot run for president. In, in, the, in the polls right now, Biden beats him. Let, let's say he does get convicted. This creates a clear path for DeSantis and the Democrats shoot themselves in the foot. Why is nobody bringing this point up? But is, are you saying, would you want DeSantis to be there? That's an interesting point. Would you want DeSantis or would you want Trump? I would want Trump, but according to the current polls, Biden beats him. Right now he's down 208 electoral votes. There are states that Trump will never win. O'Reilly brought it up on his show. Yeah, but, but and, and no Mike, perfectly. and Mike, by the way, and I did hear when O'Reilly was talking about it, the one, the point that O'Reilly also brought up, and he was talking about a USA Today poll. But the other thing that's interesting is that O'Reilly brought up, and O'Reilly's always, you know, very astute at, at following these things. He brought up the fact it's still super early because Imagine when the hearing starts, and we're talking about the House hearing now, and I'm not talking about the January 6th, but the House hearing. So the House hearing starts, right? And, okay, uh, let's get those subpoenaed records um, from the phone company. Let's get these bank records. If it turns out that there is something, and, you know, we don't know, but it doesn't look really good, the whole thing with Hunter Biden, you know, the fact he was bringing in so much money, and you got to wonder, they weren't using him for his brain, that's for sure, you know, so... So they're bringing in all this money to Hunter Biden. The the allegation is that it went to the big guy. If they can prove it went to the big guy, those polls will change on a dime. People are, you know, anybody right now who thinks that in a matchup, you know, it's a long time. Politics is a long, long time. And we've got a long time till Election Day 2024. So a lot can happen. And that has yet to be explored as well as a whole bunch of other things because the Republicans didn't have control. They couldn't ask them for those kind of questions. So I think uh, I think those numbers could change, Mike. But I think your point's an interesting one because you're right. It could that could be where it's headed. And I wouldn't be surprised if that might be the, even the objective of even some people who don't like Trump in the GOP. I mean, I think that there's a lot of uh, strategies going on here, but those are great points. Let's go to BJ line four. BJ, your thoughts. Hey, Rita, great show. You know, in the midst of a, of a, a horrible recession almost, Donald Trump issues a card and becomes a winner. Within a day, it's a super collector's item. 
And uh, what does Joe Biden give us? He gives us uh, Brittany Griner swapped out for the super criminal, Victor Boot. And he gives us an invasion at our own border. At our own border, he gives us an invasion of six million illegal aliens. And if you think they all come here for work and they all want to be nice people and grow up to be president, I got a bridge to sell you and Stan and Teddy, who can't add, by the way, the math teacher who can't add. And the kook who can't who who constantly complains, he's unbelievable. That guy, he would he would peel the paint off uh, uh, off a newly painted uh, uh, house. This guy, he's awful. But I'm telling you right now, Donald Trump is a winner. Period. Paragraph. And he's going to weaponize and flip all of this stuff back in the faces of these uh, uh, ridiculous January 6th committee. This is going to boomerang like every other failed committee and failed investigation and failed special counsel. And all it does is waste money and turn people off. Yeah, it does. And it just looks so silly as we're looking at these images. Again, uh, we're talking about the border, the juxtaposition that they're like focused on uh, a word that they're taking out. Um, you know, and and translating something to mean whatever they want, and yet the border is overflowing, uh, fentanyl's overflowing in. I mean, there are so many, many issues. Um, let's go to Bill in Vegas. Bill, your thoughts? Uh, yes, uh, your previous caller was saying, you know, if he was a convicted felon, uh, you, you know, they that uh, they, they would get what they wish for. That's not really true. A uh, convicted felon can run for president, surprisingly. They're, they're, the only thing you have to be is a United States citizen, and he is, and uh, he is not disqualified whether he was convicted or not. Well, but let me ask and you, Bill, but Bill, if he's if he's convicted, do you believe that, uh, that his popularity would fade? Do you believe people would be more concerned uh, about know, voting for I, him? I think the people are going to rally behind him because they see what's going on. This is a very dangerous situation we're in. It's a total, it's a total um, one-sided thing, and they're trying to manipulate the whole scenario. Yeah, to, boy, are they big time. Boy, are they. They are so worried about him, Bill. Great point. Dangerous. And, yes, I think the people, I, I for one would, and I think the people would absolutely Rally behind him, just like they did when when they when they uh, 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 searched his home. Yeah, no, I think it will backfire too because it looks so transparently political, and and it just looks so petty at a time where, again, I, I you know, if I were him, I would like show people running across the border and the size of uh, the Michigan football stadium almost every day, right? You know, and you're like, okay, you know, and, and then yet. Uh, at the same time, they're focused on January 6th. You know, I mean, it just, it looks so ridiculous. Bill, great points. And everybody, as we're talking about the border too, um, what a dangerous, dire situation. And, uh, nothing I think is more powerful than someone who's lost a loved one to an illegal immigrant. Listen to Jody Jones, who was on earlier, um, and Jody's brother was killed by an illegal immigrant. President Biden, please close the borders. Stop saying that there's no crisis down there and that there's closed borders. It's killing Americans. Every day, 
when we have an influx of, of this many illegal immigrants coming in, it's going to directly impact our communities like mine. Uh, my brother was murdered by an illegal immigrant that was um, deported twice in the past, was arrested two days before he was uh, murdered. Can you imagine two days uh, and then he was murdered. I mean, how sick is this? And this happens all the time because they're not vetting him. And yet, if you listen to the White House, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson at the White House, I couldn't believe this. She had the audacity to say this when she was asked, aren't you worried about Title 42, how bad it's going to be at the border? Don't you see that it's clearly an open boarding? They're telling us it's not, even though it clearly is. And this is the hogwash she's trying to sell the American people on. Listen to her deflection game. The Department of Homeland uh, Homeland Security has put out uh, a six-point plan. As you all know, my uh, Secretary Mayorkas was at the border uh, just recently to talk about this plan, put out a statement. And so we are focused. Uh, we are focused and we are prepared. Uh, we will have more to share in the next coming days uh, on this uh, on this piece. Uh, but again, uh, we have uh, we have done the work from this administration by securing record uh, record funding, and we are asking Congress for Congress to act. Uh, we are not. We are not not asking for political stunts. We're, we continue to see political stunts from uh, many Republicans out there, and that's not how we're going to fix uh, this issue. They want to uh, they want to uh, secure the border. We've been doing that work on our own, and uh, we ask we're asking them to hey, you know what? There's an immigration reform plan that the president put out on the first day. They should work with us and do this in a bipartisan way. Is there anybody out there that believes that they have been doing the work? That is such a bunch of BS. They haven't even been doing the work with Democratic-led cities, let alone the whole country. I mean, they haven't been doing anything. We were just talking, Biden hasn't even been to the border. He hasn't even been to the border while he has been a member of Congress prior to being vice president and prior to being president. We're talking 40 years. I guess he's been too busy. And remember when he was asked about it last week? Oh, I got more important things to do. When he was going to Arizona, remember it was like everyone's, oh, you finally going to the border? That's a headline, you know, oh, no, 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 no. I got more important things to do than worried about America's sovereignty and national security. Who cares about that? Things are so bad that even New York City Mayor Eric Adams is saying nobody's helping him in the federal government and nobody's helping him in the state government. We have not gotten a dime from anyone that has to stop. We need help. This is an obligation on a national level, and it's an obligation obligation on the state level. Yeah, but I want to know the money. He hasn't said he necessarily send them back. He's saying we need more money basically for taking care of them here in New York. He's not saying send them back. And that's the problem I have with all of these guys. He can sit there and say, oh, well, they're not helping me. Well, they're not helping you to continue f- to facilitate it. He's the guy who said bring them here, and yet he wants more money to help here. He wants some taxpayer money to help here. Should we be paying for that? That's a whole other issue. I say no. What about taking care of our citizens first? And second of all, the Biden administration right now is in the process of asking for anywhere from three to four billion dollars. They're not saying they're going to change their policy. They're saying they want three to four billion dollars so they can make sure things process quicker. In other words, let's get more migrants in this country. I mean, are we stupid? Are we insane? What other country in this world has such a wide open border and has a leader who says, hey, come on, more in, especially at a time of inflation? I mean, this is the definition of insanity. 
I'm going to take your calls on this when we come back because, boy, night and day from Biden to Trump, night and day, yet anything that has to do with Trump, it's January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. We're going to talk about all of that after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And as I walk along the U.S. border, I see a big neon sign, and then I hear, gosh, Title 42 is going to be lifted. Maybe me and thousands of my buddies in Matamoros can come over as soon as it gets lifted in a matter of days. Boy, what a contrast that is to the philosophy of President Trump, who was like, we have to protect our country, we have to protect the homeland. Biden is like, no, everything's fine, and in fact... We just heard the other day that Mayorkas, who went down to the border this week, actually had the audacity to tell border agents that the, he never said the border was secure. Meanwhile, it's on tape like 20 times over him saying, yeah, the border is secure. But he said, no, I never said it. So I guess that he has a twin brother that we're just not aware of. one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Dave on line eight. Go ahead, Dave. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I you asked the question, who's going to believe what the press secretary said about the six-point plan? And unfortunately, a lot of people like Stan who listen to CNN, MSNBC, uh, read the you know New York Times, Washington Post, and all the other rest of the leftists that tell dementia news uh, are going to believe it. And they just need to hear it. And, the, and there's not much critical thinking going on with folks like that. Yeah, it, you know what? It is amazing. By the way, it is amazing to your point that if you look at some of the other media, it's like, what planet are they on? It's like, were they, are they looking at the same border we're all seeing? I mean, if you look at the pictures, it's pretty clear. I mean, a two year old could figure out it's being overrun. Um, and I wish we had a two year old as opposed to President Biden. They'd probably do a better job. They'd be like, uh, daddy, put a wall there. That would be good. We'd at least have some enforcement. Uh, Dave, thanks so much. Let's go to Alice in Cincinnati, line six. Alice, your thoughts. Hi, I have thoughts about the border. And first of all, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah to everyone. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Alice, thank you. Yes. Absolutely to everybody. You. Uh, first of all, we have no idea who these people are. Hundreds of thousands of people cannot be uh, seeking political asylum. We, they're bringing in disease. They don't assimilate. They won't learn the language. They're going to suck the energy out of the education system, out of our medical system, our social service system. I don't feel sorry for them at all. I wish someone with a legal background could call in and explain why we can't take these people back. I I have no pity for them. By the way, you know what? By the way, we could. The problem is this administration doesn't want to. And, 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 Alice, I wish you were right about hundreds of thousands, because their estimate, uh, Kevin McCarthy came out a couple of days ago saying he thinks the next two years under Biden, if Title 42, which it looks like is going to be lifted in a few days, he said that the number could be 13 million, 13 million. I mean, uh, like, how can any country sustain that? It's shocking. It is absolutely shocking. Um, let's go to Anastasia, line two. Anastasia, your thoughts about all this? 
Anastasia, go ahead. Oops, we're losing you. Anastasia, let's go to Miriam real quick. We got a lot of you. Go to Miriam, line three. Hey, Miriam. I got to be in your program as always. Listen, Donald Trump is going to win. I'm big. In 2024, we have him back, and he's going to bring back our economy. Well, you know what, Miriam, though? You're giving Teddy and Stan and all those others a heart attack right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.